So my thought is this might end up being two episodes. We probably could. We'll just have to see. This is the Keeping Room Podcast. I'm Caitlin, an architect, old house nerd, and DIY enabler. And I'm Jake. I'm an old house lover and DIY enthusiast. This is a space for us to share why we love old houses, what they can teach us, and how you can apply those lessons to your home. Welcome to the Keeping Room. Okay. Okay. We're back to it. Windows. You challenged me to talk about windows and not talk about the stuff we'd already talked about. And I started writing those show notes. I was like, oh, man, I could talk about windows for like four hours without repeating myself. (laughs) (laughs) Windows, like they're important. They make such a difference. They before I lived in an old house, I didn't think about the importance of windows. And now when I walk into a space, I'm like, oh, this is dark. This needs more windows or like these windows are too heavy They're They don't fit the space. Windows make such a huge impact in the houses and the spaces that we exist in. Yeah. Well, I have this hobby of like, we went on vacation to Maine and I have this hobby of wherever we are, like look at what's for sale just because that's what I do. And the first thing I do is like zoom in on the windows, be like, have they replaced them? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they replaced them. Can't buy that one in this dream of when I win the lottery or whatever and have millions of dollars. And relocate to Maine because reasons. No, I have vacation homes. I could not live there full time. Okay. It's too cold in the winter, man. It's so cozy. Uh, not in January when there's four feet of snow and you can't leave your house. You've done this before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I lived through winter in Maine for at least two. It was not fun. <laughs> I, I, I only have the fantasy. And so I'm like, sure, why not? Yeah. It's cozy until you live there. And honestly, the worst is when the snow melts and it's mud season for three Ooh. months and you're like ready for summer and it's June and it's still cold and you're like, this is awful. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Maine is beautiful. Just winter and spring are not the greatest. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we are here today to talk about windows. Not just old windows, but like windows in general. Yes. How do windows work? What are the parts? How do we keep them in good working order? And I mean, we are going to share some love for the old windows. Of course. You would expect nothing less from us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So before we dive in and like start talking meat and potatoes of windows, let's set a good foundation of kind of vocabulary. Sure. Um, that we can use as we move through this conversation. Okay, we'll do that. And then we also have listener questions. So that's coming up. But I'll do the parts. Okay, so I'm really good at saying a lot of words that may or may not mean anything to anyone. So <laughs> I'm going to try and explain all of the parts of a window so that when I say jam, you know what I'm talking about. So parts of a window, typical, let's just imagine a window where the sashes go up and down. We're going to talk about what is typically called a double hung. There is the jam, which is the frame. So like inside the window where the sashes are moving, the part that doesn't move, that is the jam. I always thought of that as just like part of the wall, right? but it is actually part of the window system. It's what holds the sliding bits in place. Correct. It's essentially the The tracks. the, the The tracks. So it's the part, the trim that's in the wall 
that attaches to the wall or attaches to the framing, essentially, of the window. The sill, which is an exterior element, uh, is the bottom part of the window that doesn't move, that is sloped and sheds water. So some new windows may or may not have these integrated. Um, old wood windows would have a sill and they would also have a subsill. And the subsill is like the framing sometimes is referred to the subsill. So like the actual framing within the wall that holds the window is the subsill. And now when I like was younger, I, I keep talk like fondly reminiscing about my childhood as though it's so far away, but it's not that much. Um, <laughs> but like growing up, we would set things on the windowsill, but the windowsill is actually outside of your house. Correct. The correct term for the interior is the stool. So the stool of the window is what we commonly refer to as the sill. So it's the piece of trim on the bottom of the window that usually the sash slides below and it's a removable piece of trim, but it creates that what we think of as a windowsill on the yeah. inside. This um, is where you set your plants, your pictures, right. your knickknacks. And some new windows where they do kind of like a picture frame trim, mm-hmm. they don't really have a sill. They yeah. don't really have that horizontal extension of the bottom of the window, essentially, on the yeah. inside. The apron is the trim that goes below the stool on the inside. Um, that's really just like the molding that's underneath the stool. So it's... Yeah. Sometimes part of it, because sometimes they nail the stool into that apron trim, kind of holds it together. Yeah. I'm seeing less aprons and, like, stools that extend past the window trim in more in newer builds. I'm seeing more of the picture framing, where it's just 25-degree mitered corners all the way around. Yeah. And it is a clean look, but for that, like, super traditional classic style, you're looking at... The apron that extends beyond the trim, uh, the vertical trim coming down on the outside of the window with the apron. That in this house that I'm at, they're squared off, but I'm also used to seeing them like slightly angled, mm-hmm. kind of down mm-hmm. to give it a nice little finish to it. They can be kind of fancy, or they can. You can honestly. It's pretty typical to have an apron on the inside when you have a actual wood stool, but you can actually do them without that. I. Yeah, uh, designing a new house where we're just putting the stool on the inside. Hmm. Um, in a historic window, the stool has a function in that that is where the like the sash actually travels below that, and it's part of the to weather the ceiling. Yeah. So it travels below the stool to meet the actual window sill, and that helps with the ceiling of that. The head of the window is the top of the window. It's a pretty typical. So we'll say like the head height of the window, which is the top of the window frame. So the jams are the Sides, the head is the top trim piece that attaches to the wall. The drip cap trim at the exterior, also on the top of the window. <laughs> um, so you would have like, so you have casing on the outside of an exterior window, which mm-hmm. is trim that goes around the window. And then sometimes on top of the trim, on top of the top of the window. <laughs> and this is a podcast and I'm gesturing wildly <laughs> and I'm like just doing my best to try and describe this. Um, There is a piece of trim that sticks out beyond the casing that will shed water. That is called the drip cap. Yeah. Sometimes that has fancy little like trim underneath it, make it pretty. Sometimes it's literally just a piece of metal. It's just something to shed water as it comes down the wall. Instead of running down the face of the window, it drips out past the sill. I think of of this as like the bill of a hat. That like attaches behind the sheeping of your house. And so it sticks out over the window a little bit to help kick that water away. Again, that weather ceiling, because the windows are meant to move, moving pieces allow things to come inside. And so you want the water further away as much as you can. Right. We're trying to not let water just run down the face of the wall and get into the window parts and 
you know, hurt your window. In hung windows, there is a weight pocket, which is kind of part of the So like there's the piece of trim that is the jam and the weight pocket is the space beyond that, the void beyond that. So in a historic hung window where there's pulleys, this rope goes over the pulley and then there's this void on the other side of the jam, which is the weight pocket. And then if you have windows that are mold together, which that's, we'll get to that, the mullion. So the two windows that are right next to each other and the thing between them is the mullion. That is also a weight pocket in hung windows. So like there's weights in that middle mullion. Um, So that's part of this. The mullion, this is one of those things that people think... um, get wrong is the division between two windows so it's sometimes horizontal so if you have like a window stacked on top of another window Mm -hmm. that is also a mullion and then the piece between two operating windows is a mullion so not like two windows that are kind of spaced out on a wall we wouldn't call that section of wall no no it's it's wood trim between two windows and we will often refer to that as a mold window so newer windows come where they can be factory mold where they come attached together Mm -hmm. and they basically just stick two jams together and they have a piece that covers that which is a mullion or a mull and then the muntin so everything we've been talking about are parts that don't move. Right. right. Those are all parts of the construction of the window. Yeah. And so now we're jumping into the bits that go up and down. Oh. Slidey bits. We skipped the parting stop and the blind stop. Oh. Okay. So the blind stop is the, on a double hung window, the stop on the exterior. So sometimes it looks like casing. It sticks out a little bit beyond the, the top sash, which would be the sash that moves on the outside. That keeps basically the sashes within the window. That's the blind stop. The parting stop is the stop between the two sashes. So it parts the two operating sashes. Mm-hmm. And we said sash a lot. The sash of the window is the part that moves, essentially. There's also a sash stop. Which Correct. keeps... So a blind stop is on the outside of the window, which keeps your sashes from falling out of your house. And a sash stop is on the inside of your window to keep the sashes from falling into your house. Correct. <laughs> the the sash stop, the parting stop, and the blind stop are all vertical pieces attached to the jam. And we've we've talked about them like keeping the windows from falling in or out of the house. They also help make sure that those windows slide vertically. Right. So they're not wiggling around. If your window's loose, it could be that your stops are a little bit too spaced out. So their purpose is to keep the moving parts of your window in proper alignment up and down. And some of these parts apply to the other types of windows, which we'll eventually talk about. But right now we're just talking about basically a typical window when you think of a window that yeah. moves, which is a double hung. And the difference between a double hung and single hung, we'll get to two, but... Okay. So, so now the parts th- that move... Yeah, there we go. ...is the sash. So when you think about opening a window, the thing that moves is the sash. On the night before Christmas, he threw up the sash. Right. He, so he opened the window. That was a very pretty way of saying And I think that it's like sheep. The plural of sash is sash. (laughs) Some people say sashes. I say sashes. I say sashes too. But technically, I think the correct term is multiple sash or singular sash. It's like sheep. I'm Googling this. One sheep, two sheep. It's all the same. (laughs) Dictionary.com says the plural of sash is sashes. It's It's people in the window, people. I don't know. I have heard it both ways. Honestly, say it however you want. I don't think anyone's going to be confused if you say sash or sashes. (laughs) For both the piece of cloth that you wear decoratively or a window. Or a window. (laughs) Thank you, Britannica Dictionary. (laughs) 
<laughs> for those uh, Girl Scout sashes. <laughs> Beauty pageants. Yes. There we go. So then there are parts within a sash. So the sash itself is comprised of the sides of the sash, which are these styles. And then the horizontal parts are the rails. So again, we're gesturing wildly at the windows that we're sitting next to. Yes. Um, in these double hung windows that I'm looking at, there's, well, actually they're not divided. Both the top and bottom of this window are just big squares of glass. And right. so these are very simple sashes. And so in this simple sash, like Caitlin was saying, mm-hmm. the sides, styles, top and bottom members are rails. Mm-hmm. And there's a top rail and a bottom rail, um, but that's generally the terms that we use. And so this is a super simple window. When we get to windows that have multiple pieces of glass right. in a single sash, we get more terms. Right. So the divisions within a sash, so like where you have all those little, sometimes they're wood, uh, sometimes they're, it depends on the type of window, sometimes they're steel. It is called a muntin. So the divisions, the muntins, the little piece, you know, if you have a non not fully <laughs> there are also SDLs so when we're talking about modern modern windows they do simulated divided lights where it is one piece of glass within the sash and the divides are an applied grill essentially it's a it's a fake or it's not fake like it's a piece of vinyl or metal or whatever that's inserted in between two panes of glass that is actually the that's something else okay <laughs> I take it back. So the simulated divided light is attached on the outside. Okay. So you would have, it would look similar to a Munton. From a distance. From a distance. It has that same kind of shadow line depth, you know, but feeling. then feeling. And in a modern window, typically those are insulated glass units. So there's two pieces of glass with a space between them. And those things between the glass are called the grill. Got you. Um, Sometimes they're an additional thing that you can get. So you can get simulated divided light without the thing between the glass. And mm-hmm. then you kind of have this kind of like weird gap between your inside and outside Munton simulations. <laughs> or you can get them with the thing between the glass too. And that all comes down to like when you order new windows, <laughs> how you order them. Old windows, because they have one piece of glass, the Muntins are actually dividing the window into smaller pieces of glass. Right. Which... When we talk about windows, sometimes we refer to the glass as glazing. Yes. And sometimes we refer to the whole window as glazing. (laughs) And sometimes we refer to the putty that holds the glass in place as glazing. I mean, that is technically glazing. So, and the action of putting the putty to hold the glass in place is called (laughs) glazing. So glazing is, is a super common or like very versatile word. Yes. Let's try today to say like glass or glazing putty. Or, and when we say glazing, we'll refer to the action. We'll try. We'll try our best, we'll try dear our best. listener, but <laughs> whoop, gets a little wild in here. Within the window, there are different types of rails. So the rail between two sashes, you have the upper sash and the lower sash. The rail where those overlap is called the meeting rail. Right. Because that's where they meet, right? Or a check rail. Sometimes it's called that too. And a meeting rail on a double hung window is the top rail of the bottom sash and the bottom rail of your top sash. Correct. (laughs) So that's a fun, fun thing. But like that whole middle section, that whole like wooden divider in your window is called the meeting rail. Yes. Um, Oh, we talked about, so old windows have glazing putty which goes on the exterior um, and a rabbit for the glass. So they will have a essentially 
cutout piece of wood where the glass sits in and then you put glazing putty that holds the glass in. And that goes on the exterior because it sheds water better. It's less likely to rot. (laughs) So I grew up, again, my youth. Uh, Growing up, I worked in my dad's wood shop. And so rabbit was not an unfamiliar term. But rabbit is a woodworking term for like just the corner cut off, basically. Like it's, it's a little... I want to say dado, but that is also a woodworking term. (laughs) Um, So if you think about a square and you take a portion of one corner off, but not cut it off at like a 45 degree angle. If you just inset another square in there and make that negative space, that would be a rabbit. Correct. Is that that clear? I think that's the best we can describe it via podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's a 90 degree cut into the window so that the glass can sit up against it. And then when you put in the glazing putty, generally you finish that off at a 45 degree angle yes. or, or sharper so that the the water, when it hits glazing putty, will roll away from yeah. the glass it and not fall back into it. off. And then on newer windows, depends on how they're constructed. New windows, typically now you're going to purchase a aluminum clad wood window, which means that the exterior of the window is aluminum profiles that are extruded there's really no wood um and then they have these pieces that fit into that aluminum profile so the wood is on the interior of the window and not on the exterior of the window depending on where that when you start looking at cross sections of windows you'll get into it but depending on where that (laughs) lands the glass sits in from the inside Hmm. on a newer window more often than not it does not get set from the outside Okay. Um, so even in a fully wood window, they'll sh- they'll make the shape of what would be glazing putty with wood, and then they set the new glass into that profile, and then on the interior, there's a piece of trim that holds the glass in. That's how they construct okay. a new window. Okay, I'm tracking. <laughs> I don't love it because then if you don't have a perfect seal between the glass and that piece that holds it from the inside, it from the outside, if water gets into that joint, it can rot and you won't see it until your whole sash is starting to fall apart. (laughs) So it's not great, which is part of why we have aluminum clad windows because wood windows built that way tend to fail faster Mm because they don't have, you can't see when that joint starts to fail. Yeah. Um, Easily. Anyway, okay, so that's parts of a window. Do we want to talk about types of window before we talk about... Yeah. Okay, so we've been talking about a double hung window. And when people learn what this is, it's so funny to me. It blows their mind. Because you think of a double hung window, you only really ever move that bottom sash up and down. Mm -hmm. But in a double hung window, the top sash moves too. So you can... Take the top sash and move it down. Because remember, and take heat the rises. bottom sash and move it up. Right. And so you give give that hot air up at the top of your room a chance to come on out. And if it's a really, let's say it's a winter day and you crank up the heater too high, <laughs> you can lower that down. Or you got a bunch of people in your house, lower down that top rail, sash. The top sash, <laughs> and let some of that heat out without like blasting cold air in. Or if it's one of those lovely autumn days and in Tulsa, we get like seven of them. Um, <laughs> you can bring the top down a little bit and bring the bottom so you get fresh air under and hot air out of the top. Yes. Or if the power goes out in the middle of the summer because of a freak straight line <laughs> windstorm, 
And you don't have any power, but your bedroom is mostly windows. And you want to sleep with your windows open and you don't feel good with your bottom sashes open, you can open the top sash. There you go. Which is what I did this summer. (laughs) It was no fun. Then there are single hung windows where that top sash is fixed and the bottom sash moves. And only. I would say in most old houses now, if unless you have taken the time to like painstakingly restore them or the person who lived there before you did, most double hung windows are effectively single hung windows because that top sash is like painted or screwed into place. Yes. And so it does, it isn't fully effective. But, but you can restore it to be so. Good news, friends. <laughs> you can bring it back. But when you purchase like a cheap window from Home Depot that looks like a double hung, right? It has the top sash, bottom mm-hmm. sash. Those are typically single hung. Yeah. Only one part moves. Only the bottom part moves. And I have feelings about that. But <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna skip those. Um, then there's a casement window, which works like a door, essentially. So you think about a casement, it's like a mini door, a mini French door, single door. There are casements where they're French, which is two casements. And then a single casement would be just one. So they hinge. Um, they can also like crank out. So yeah. they have those like stays. They can either be outswing or inswing. Inswing is very uncommon in new windows. I have not found, I think I found one supplier that even makes one. Yeah, in our notes you have. <laughs> Marvin makes one. You have one. I think. Um, in older houses, inswing is more common. I have inswing. And it makes sense if you think about it. If you have a casement window that swings in, you can have a storm on the exterior or a screen on the mm-hmm. exterior. Um, if you have a casement window that only swings out, you can't easily put a storm on the exterior. No. And screens are in the interior and that's annoying. And they look funky. And the cats scratch them. <laughs> oh. I haven't had that problem. Uh, I think of casement windows as, uh, I think it's like the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Somebody like throws open a window and they like lovingly lean outside into the pretty weather. Which is very dramatic. Yeah. But that would be an outswing French casement window, essentially. But if if you're having trouble placing what a casement window looks like, that is is my visual for you. Right. So then that's what French is, is the two um, casements. And then there's my absolute favorite kind of window. Tilt turn. Oh my God, why don't we have them? Because it's a European thing. It's so great, though. I know. They're really hard to find in the U.S. You have to basically import them. These are not... I don't think I've ever seen a historic tilt turn. Well, no, because, like, the mechanics are complicated. Right. The mechanics are complicated. So a tilt turn functions in that it works like a casement because it can swing, but it can also... Usually like a hopper. Like, tilt in like a hopper. So it... When you walk up to it, it looks like a casement window. Right. And it has a handle on one side. And usually if you turn that handle, like, let's say 90 degrees, the you can pull on that handle and the entire window will swing in towards you and it opens up like that door, like we were describing. Right. And then you can close it back and turn the handle 90 more degrees. So if it started pointing towards the ground, you turn it up so that it points at the ceiling. And then the top part of it will slide in but or tilt in towards you, but the bottom will stay tight against the the apron right so it's hinging on the bottom yeah and it'll come or hinging in, on the side it'll open like a good amount of degrees to give you airflow mm-hmm. but like good protection like it'll keep stuff out if it's raining it's not going to let water come in because it's tilting in 
from the top. And so like your wall and stuff takes care of it. Right. It's kind of the European answer to double double hung window in that part of why double hung is becoming less popular is it's very hard to seal a double hung. So a casement window is much easier to make into an efficient window. So it seals better. You can get a better seal on a casement because it can close with like a full seal all the way around and a double hung because of the way it functions. It's hard to get those to seal properly. Gotcha. Um, So in those very high performance European buildings where we're trying to meet ridiculous building standards, we're talking about triple glazed tilt turn windows more often than not. (laughs) Or fixed, but... so great though. Yeah. I love them so much. Yeah. And then um, awning windows function where they hinge at the top of the sash and usually kick out. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, those are sometimes happen in old houses but sometimes those ones where you have like a single sash and it looks like an awning window Mm -hmm. is a hung window and it slides into a wall so it either slides down into the wall or it slides up into the wall so it works like a double hung except that there's no sash that it covers it just slides into a pocket in the wall (laughs) okay that sounds super great those are amazing i love them (laughs) (laughs) um these awning windows i've seen them really common in new orleans as like transoms over doors inside Mm -hmm. um and like i think of them in old school buildings because it's usually where they actually kept them and didn't take them out yeah um but it it allowed you to have like the door closed but you could vent the room so that it would circulate air throughout the house right and a hopper is just like an awning except instead of hinging at the top it hinges at the bottom so it it the bottom of the window stays and the top flops out or the top of the window stays and the bottom pops out. i also think of awning windows when they're on the exterior an awning window the bottom opens to the outside and i think of a hopper window as the top opening to the inside is that true or is that just a misconception in my head i think that's true i don't think hopper windows typically open out because then you'd be funneling water into right. your building but an awning creates an awning and so it right. can kick water away it can kick water away that would be the function that makes the most sense yeah very often you can still purchase new awning windows i have not seen new hopper windows like that's hard to find so most of the There's window companies will so i know but most of them will sell awning windows which crank out typically like a casement does except instead of cranking out to the side they crank out to the bottom to the bottom um but yeah it's really hard to find hopper windows they aren't they aren't frequent okay um sliding windows which function a lot like a double hung except they're not hung and they just slide past each other like a pocket door basically and they can pocket into the wall those exist new construction typically and you don't find sliding windows very often in historic houses. I have not seen many. No, um, I'm in my head. I'm just seeing like Instagram influencers opening up a whole wall of these sliders. pocket windows that just slide in and they have a beautiful veranda and a yeah. massive pool deck. <laughs> Those aren't the houses that I, I mean, and they're pretty, they're often a cheap option for casements. Like if you had, if you were committing a crime of replacing your casement windows, you could put slider windows. That's that's the equivalent, the cheap vinyl window equivalent of a double hung for a casement. Okay. So actually we looked at a house, the first house that we looked at when we were we weren't even considering moving. We just saw a house and we were like, maybe this looks cool. Let's go check it out. Um it had an addition that was built probably in the 60s, 70s, very mid-century modern like fireplace in it. But it had wooden sliding windows. They do exist. And it had this cool like track system. So when the windows were in place, they were flush against the exterior Mm -hmm. but when you opened it one of the windows would like pass behind the other one 
And it was really nifty. I have experienced those. They're rare. So it's like there was a house that I worked on in Nashville that had those with the wood track. It was a beautiful mm. wood track yeah. in the sill. And they were glazed, but they were like the precursor to double glazing. So they had like a storm that was part of the sash itself. So like there was a piece of glass that was attached to the exterior with like turn buttons. And then it had the primary glass behind that that was glazed with glazing putty in. So these were probably from the 50s, 60s, 70s, before we started to see insulated glazing units. It was like the precursor to that. They were really cool. And we actually got someone in Nashville to restore them, which I was like so excited. My boss is like, <laughs> why are you excited about these windows? I'm like, these are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen many of those slider windows. Like those are not Yeah, common. I have seen a single house with them. Yeah, but they're very cool. If you find one with that. Like, I'll be excited about it, but <laughs> you, you, can, like, you can be a window nerd with us. I'm, yeah. Welcome. Club. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. What else have we got here on the list? A what did I fixed skip? window. Right. Fixed window is just a window that doesn't move. Yep. Basically, it's a sash that is either fixed in place with the way it is trimmed in. Sometimes there's direct set, which means that basically there is no sash. It is a piece of glass that is trimmed into an opening um, with either wood or aluminum, okay. depending on how that is. It's just like the glass is basically part of the jam almost yeah. and the jam just doesn't move transom windows we've talked about that a couple times it's basically just a window over another window or another door yeah. so you have your you know door and then there's a window over it that's transom or you have a window like a double hung and then you can have another window above it that would also be a transom window and listen i'm a window fan they're they're wonderful I, save your windows do all of those things but dear god save your transoms oh gosh yeah if you have an old house like it's probably painted over it may not be functional but it is so charming and so fantastic and worth your time and effort to like get those things cleaned up they add so much and it's like very subtle because it's, it's above the eye you don't really see it it doesn't draw a lot of attention to itself but if you can like cock it open and like see through it and let some light bleed through there it looks so fantastic yeah. it makes a huge impact i mean we when i was before i was my own um firm we put transoms in everything in these like multi-million dollar houses just because they look cool. Yes. And like you might have a like literally just an opening and then we would put a transom above it just to be extra. <laughs> <laughs> when your budget is in the millions, yeah. like, you can do those things. I'm thinking about old houses in New Orleans and yes. the South. They were super common because they served a ventilation. Right. Purpose. They're functional. So yeah. like you would, you get the privacy of a closed door on your bedroom, but you can still have ventilation out of the room by opening the transom window that's above the door. Yeah. Um, so it allows cross ventilation with privacy. I saw somebody on Instagram the other day that was restoring a transom. They lived in an apartment in New York and like the transom had been painted over, painted over, painted over. And as they cleared it off, it was this like beautiful textured glass that like had these wonderful bubbles and and it was so pretty. It was so fantastic. It's so pretty. I hate it when transoms get painted over. And I don't just... understand it because you can't see through it. It's no. all above your head. I mean, there is some giant walking around out there. There's three of them <laughs> on the earth that can look through your window. I guess. They're probably not coming over if for If you tea. live with an eight-foot person who can look through the transom windows, then fine, I guess. Yeah. Put and... some privacy glass in them, but... <laughs> And I mean, that eight-foot person is going to have to be ducking through your doorways anyway. Yeah. So they're not going to be peeking. And I have a couple in my house. And they make a big difference. They let light bleed between rooms. They keep that yes. hallway from being extra dark. And some of mine functioned and some of them never were. Sometimes transoms are just fixed pieces of glass. Yes. Yeah. I'm cool with that. But like, let the let the light shine through. Yeah, definitely. Let the sun shine in. That is wonderful. Definitely. Okay. That was a fun di divergence. <laughs> 
we've got that. bifold windows next. Oh, yeah. So, like, they're like a bifold door, essentially. Also, not common in an old house, but they do exist as a new house option. So, like, those, sometimes you see them as doors, like those big glass doors yeah. that all fold. It's basically just the zigzag hinge, mm-hmm. typical bifold. But they make them in windows, too. So, what is the what is the use case for using a bifold window? Like, if you have a big, wide opening that you want to open up wide without having, like, you don't have space for pockets in the walls, basically. Okay. You can and do you that. And you don't want just a big windows. picture window. And you don't want just a big, big picture window. So, like, like if you had kind of a indoor-outdoor kitchen situation, cabana, where you want, like, a pass-through where you can okay. just like open up over a counter. That's where those tend to be. They're not common. They don't yeah. get used a lot, but they exist. I like the idea, but I'm struggling with the use case. Yeah. And I think they're probably not super easy to, you know, just like bifold doors don't function great sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't think the windows always function great. So. When I think of bifold doors, I generally think of like the cheapest louvered situations in existence. <laughs> and I hope that these windows would be more sturdy. I mean, they should. Yes, they would be more sturdy. And it just depends on how they're constructed. So they have pins, so they run in a track as opposed to just being floppy. Okay. Yeah, I don't want floppy windows. Nobody wants floppy windows. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Bay windows and bow windows, they're kind of the same thing. A bay window is something that like has less windows than a so a bow window means that it's like a continuous kind of curve so it's enough units to make it a curve so when you say bow window i think of like some victorian era buildings that had windows that did actually curve no okay. those i mean those yeah kind of maybe that's a bow window I mean, like, but i'm the wind the glass is the glass bent. is curved yeah. and those are usually in a turret uh-huh and that's just a whole other thing <laughs> it's still a double hung window or a single hung <laughs> window but yeah curved glasses uh, Oh, man, but it looks so good. It does look good. Oh, I love me a turret. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, Jake, don't lose it. (laughs) So Coming back. We're bringing it back. So Uh, this achieves a similar effect without actual curved glass. Right. Square windows attached at angles enough to make it. Attached at a shallow enough angle. So you have probably six or seven windows, and that becomes a bow window. And this is just like a shallow curve. We're not talking about a full circle here, right? And a bay window is basically that, but more squared off. So they can, bay windows can be literally 90 degree angles, Hmm. which is kind of a box window, actually. I think that's the technical term. And then a bay window is like two windows on the side that are 45 and then one in the middle, one in the middle that are two in the middle or however many that is straight. And those can be made out of any type of window. Like they can be double hung. They can be casements. They can be fixed. Yeah, lots of things, but okay. yeah. And old window types that you really don't find anywhere. We talked about that briefly. The hung window that slides into the wall cavity. Those exist. That sounds so cool. <laughs> the, I mean, yeah. And they really, they don't make them anymore because of how windows get installed now. Because because you don't open the window anymore. Or you don't open the wall anymore. You just take like the casing off and slide the, put the new window right. in. So the way, and we'll get to that too. The way a new window is installed is very different than the way an old window was installed. Old window was kind of built in place almost or the jams are like part of a whole unit thing that slides into the framing but because of how you finish it on the outside it's different than how you finish a new window on the outside okay um Okay. And then what else am I? Triple hung windows that act as doorways. Which we've touched on these in a different Yes. They're pretty common um, in the South, Mm -hmm. like the deep South, not Oklahoma South. (laughs) (laughs) 
In New Orleans, I would see these. Uh, they were really common in like the French Quarter and really older parts of town um, where these homes were built long before AC was a thing, but yeah. ventilation was really important in that climate. And so you would have windows that went almost floor to ceiling and they you would open them up to like access the balcony or the gallery or the front porch uh, as a way to move people in and out, but also to get that much more airflow yeah. through your house. It functions almost like a doorway, mm-hmm. almost because the two sashes stack on top of the top sash, which is well above your head, yeah. essentially. Um, but yeah, they're they're cool. Or sure. I guess you could open that top sash that's way high and the bottom sash and get a whole lot in there for spaces that are like 12 feet tall. Yeah. Big, tall spaces, you get these triple hung windows. And when I think of a 12 foot tall ceiling, I'm thinking of like a big luxury house, but these homes, these were even cheap homes that were built with 12 foot ceilings because you had to get the heat that far above you. Heat stack. It is a thing. It's not so great now in conditioned air, but... It made sense that also as we've talked about in in previous yeah, things exactly um, in swing casements and pivot windows which yeah, we already hit on which we talked about yeah basically well in pivot windows pivot windows are different so pivot windows tell me about them they swing around the center of the sash so like if you had one of those like octagonal windows or a circle window like up in a gable the way it would have functioned is a pivot so it it's pinned at basically the center and it swings around its center so you can kind of fascinating flip it. Um, sometimes they do that horizontally too. There are pivot windows that pivot around a horizontal center or a vertical center. Huh. Um, not a common window to find no. anymore, but they exist. Okay. <laughs> so if you have one of those windows that you're like, how does this function? It might be a pivot window or it might just be fixed. But <laughs> yeah. Get out your tools and beat on some things see, and see what see you if find. See you can figure it out. <laughs> Um, okay. Did we cover the types of windows? Got all the types of windows. So let's talk about what we can make windows out of. Okay. Type things that windows can be made out of. Wood. Obviously, we've talked about wood windows a lot. They're probably our favorite. Yes. Old wood is typically better than new wood. And the reasons behind this are that um, old growth lumber is just more rot resistant and it's very hard to find new wood that is actually old growth. As I fight this battle right now, trying to find wood to build some storm windows out of. I told people last night, I'm like, this is all crap. Yes. Where am I going to get wood? <laughs> uh, from the people in OKC who sell Akoya wood. Oh, you get it from them? Yeah. I might. I'm going to go just check out this other place in town like after we get done with this podcast and see if they the have discount lumber store something now it's called dakota hmm. i hadn't tried them yet i haven't tried them either but i'm gonna see what they have let me know what you find i will let you know <laughs> <laughs> so this i mean again like wood, <laughs> wood there's all these species um, there are modern types of wood, which she just spoke of, t- Akoya, which is a treated wood. So it's basically pine that has been treated with a process that makes it very rot resistant to the point where it comes with like a hundred year warranty or something, yeah. some ridiculous warranty. <laughs> but most wood windows that you purchase from a manufacturer are not made out of that because that wood nope. is highly expensive. So it's going to be pine or some, you know, you can get things made out of like exotic woods. I've seen teak windows. I've seen like those exist, uh, but they get real expensive. That sounds so high dollar. They get real expensive. But you cannot get like the old growth fur, which most typical old house windows are made out of that are super rot resistant because it's got so much resin and that grain is so tight. You know, it doesn't have a lot of softwood. The Mm -hmm. softwood is what rot. Steel windows. 
old steel windows are amazing. They usually are rusty and gross, but you can scrub them and basically restore them like you would restore a wood window. They have glazing putty, same situation with like a glazing bed and whatnot. They're great. New steel windows. Old steel windows are not thermally broken, right? So the steel goes from the exterior to the interior. It bleeds heat and it's usually a single glaze. They're they're not particularly efficient. I wouldn't recommend them in a cold climate. (laughs) They can work in places like California really well, but... Or you can put a storm window. Or you can put a storm window. Put a storm window on it. There's that too. I don't I don't know if I've seen a I never have either. Storm I'm just, windows situation, but I'm sure I'm just it exists. Making it up in my mind. <laughs> new steel windows you can buy, and there are thermally broken new steel windows where they basically put a rubber gasket somehow in the construction of the window to stop the heat transfer through the steel. Yeah, I want to make sure we covered that enough. So in an old steel window, Caitlin mentioned there's a single piece of metal that runs from the exterior of the window to the interior of the window. Right. This is potentially problematic because steel is a good conductor of heat. heat. Yeah. And so the heat from the inside of your house will go to the outside of your house when it's cold, or the heat from the outside will come to the inside of your house when it's super hot outside. Right. And so that is a non-thermally broken system. That's those terms that we're using. Right. Wood is not a particularly good transfer of heat. So wood is considered a thermally broken material. Yeah. It still will transfer some heat. It's just not as bad as steel. Like right. When you think about, you don't make pans out of wood. You make pans out of metal. <laughs> well, and the pan may be on the burner. The handle is not. But you grab that handle, that handle's still going to be hot. Right. It's that idea. Right. Um, and so the thermally broken has that insulator in the middle so to stop the transfer of the temperatures between there correct it's usually some kind of rubber or something and they are extremely pricey steel new steel windows even ones that aren't thermally broken are very pricey but most of our listeners are probably not going to be putting those into their homes i mean they might if you are please reach out i'll give you my venmo we would love some (laughs) contributions we're running this on a shoestring yeah but um you know if you want to go for that luxury look yeah there's options out yeah there for you. they exist it's one of those things that i have specced before so i know <laughs> of it um aluminum windows you can get ones that are fully aluminum they're pretty rare now because again that's another thing that is not thermally broken if it is a fully aluminum window that heat transfers through the aluminum yeah i have an aluminum window in my bathroom in this house oh yeah. which i'm sure is going to lead to some like jump shocks in the wintertime when I, like, accidentally lean against it. But honestly, I, like, the cheap aluminum windows that they made before they started making everything vinyl, I think they're better than vinyl. Well, I mean, it's not hard to be better than vinyl. I know. A material which breaks down in sunlight, <sighs> which is exposed on the exterior of a home, so it gets the sunlight, and so it's going to break down. Yeah, exactly. Um, then there's aluminum clad wood, which we talked about briefly. It's basically the exterior of the window is aluminum where it's going to get exposed to the elements and could potentially rot and the interior is made of some form of wood and depending on how that wood and aluminum interfaces they are more or less rot resistant and different manufacturers have different details for this and i would always look at a cross section and see you gotta think like a droplet of water right so if the water gets between the glass and the aluminum where is it gonna go how's it gonna get out of that window without rotting the wood is your drops of water sentient like they're evil man (laughs) i swear now they are not only thinking they have intent they're wily they're wily and they're coming for me Uh, so much of my job is dealing with what the heck the water is gonna do (laughs) uh and 
in an aluminum clad window where the wood is what's giving it structure and like sturdiness? Typically, I think it's more that it's the thermal break, right? So the wood is what keeps the heat or cool from the outside that is affecting the aluminum from transferring to the interior. Um, So it's really just how they solved that problem with an inexpensive material. Plus then you get the look. Because it's cheaper than rubber and everything else. Right. Plus then you get the look of a wood window on the inside. Um, There are vinyl windows, which we again touched on. So that profile like you would get with an aluminum window is now just made out of plastic. Yep. I was I was thinking that in my head. Like, vinyl is just a pretty word for plastic. It's just plastic. Um, and vinyl has a not great lifespan. It is not particularly strong in and of itself. And they make this profile like they make an aluminum profile. It's an extruded tube, tube essentially. But it has, like, little reticulations and things to make it more structurally stable. So it has more shape to it so that it basically doesn't bend. But they're not great. It's UV... Um, susceptible. So over time, the sunlight will basically dry out the vinyl and it cracks and it can break. You break a piece on a vinyl window, you can't easily replace it because it's literally all one piece of plastic. Mm -hmm. They're just not great. I don't love them. (laughs) There are vinyl clad wood windows, which Which is a little better. Okay. Honestly. Um, But like that exterior is still going to break down. Yes. However, it is literally just like the way a vinyl clad wood window is made. It's basically a wood window with vinyl paint. (laughs) So the vinyl in a wood and a vinyl clad wood window is not structural. It is the um, dressing weather ceiling, basically. Okay. So it acts as a much thicker level layer of paint. So it can be better if you want like a lower maintenance wood window situation, but you don't want to spend a million dollars on aluminum clad. My parents actually have some in their house and they're not bad. They're not great. Is their lifespan better since there's less vinyl? Yes. They're certainly better. They're more durable, especially because the interior is wood, right? So they're more durable. They, They feel more like a wood window. They have more meat to them. They have more shadow line. They have more presence. They look like a wood window on the inside, but on the exterior it's basically wood that is covered in vinyl and again it is susceptible to if that seal breaks down between the vinyl and the glass and water gets in it can rot the wood yeah or you know carpenter ants get in your window they can eat the wood (laughs) (laughs) all those things they're still susceptible in the same way that a wood window is but they're better than a vinyl window A thought. We keep talking about how um, water can get into the material or can get into the seal and then rot the wood. Um, And we keep talking about this as like a really bad thing. And we haven't really addressed how that's not a problem with a full wood window. And it's because that aluminum cladding or that vinyl cladding is going to hold that moisture Mm -hmm. to the wood. Well, it can't escape. It's going to hold the moisture to the wood. It can't escape. It can't dry out. And you can't see it happening. Yeah. It's the you can't see it happening that's more the problem. So like you can't see when that seal fails you can see when a seal fails on an old wood window when the glazing starts coming apart and you can like basically see the wood you know you gotta address mm-hmm. that you you can't see it on an aluminum clad window or in a vinyl wood vinyl clad wood window whatever until like wood starts to rot and fall out. yeah until like literally the inside of your window is mushy and then you're in trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is one thing to be aware of with new materials on windows um 
Then there's composite, which that cuts that problem out, right? So a composite window or a fiberglass window, they're like Trex, essentially. It's the same material that they make that decking out of. It's like oh, yeah, wood yeah. fibers and resin. Okay. Um. Sometimes there's some that are straight fiberglass, which is like kind of like vinyl, but with more strength because there's more strength to fiberglass. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same idea of a vinyl clad window and or vinyl window in that it's an extruded shape of this material. Gotcha. Uh, but because it's something that's thermally broken it works like an aluminum window same thing Hmm. lots of companies make them nifty and they can have that kind of weight and presence that a wood window has if you are building a new house and don't want to spend a million dollars on super expensive wood So that is what the the parts of the window, the like the rails and styles and the jams and the yes. muntins can be made out of. But we have glass. Like windows are glass, glass are windows. I mean, like, windows is- always have glass. It's kind of the given, right? <laughs> Nowadays, I mean, back in the day, you used to have like leather or cloth. Yeah. In the Middle Ages. I guess. Um, but we're like, we're modern now and we have glass. And so there are different types of glass that we can have in our windows as well. Right. So uh, we talk about single glazing, which is really just a single piece of glass. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing but glass. There is a laminated glazing, which is glass plastic. and plastic and then glass again, which that is what basically your car windshield mm-hmm. is made out of. Um, this this kind of safety glass is what they call it sometimes. So basically you can't break through it easily. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't shatter, shatter. Yeah, like glass does. Uh, so um, if you think about like leave it to beaver and they wally through the baseball in through the window or right. whatever and the glass is all over the place. That is traditional single pane glass, laminated glass. The ball would hit, the window would shatter, but those pieces of glass would just not blast into the house. Right, basically they just stay attached to that interior piece of plastic it'll still look terrible but it won't go into the house very often like and you can find storm windows that are made with that type of glass um more like because of the difficulty of cutting it like you have to cut the glass and then you have to essentially light that joint on fire to cut the plastic i've seen it done it's really cool there's a couple reels on instagram of people doing this <laughs> cutting the laminated glass basically you want to melt the plastic between it it is wild to cut so it's not very common to see in yeah. like historic windows because it's not an accessible skill for most people <laughs> um also i learned about this in the window restoration class that i took laminated glass and and the more modern forms of glass that are not just a single pane get a lot thicker yes and as we talked about further towards the top of the show there's a rabbit cut into historic window or wood windows where that glass sits in and that rabbit has to hold the piece of glass and the glazing putty to hold it in place and once you start getting glass that's thicker than what the window was designed for you don't necessarily have enough space right to have glass and glazing putty to get a good seal that still sheds water and does all the things that's supposed to right those rabbits aren't deep enough essentially right. in in those and then we start talking about insulated glazing units or igus where it is two pieces of glass that are essentially glued together around a profile that is made of some kind of rubber material. There's also a metal component too. So there's a space between the glass that is air. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes this is filled with things like argon. Sometimes it has coatings on the interior of the glass, like low E, which is really just a reflective thing to increase the insulating value of that. Go back and listen to the one about energy and how I feel about insulated glass. We got some finger quotes in there, friends. There were... Caitlin doesn't believe very strongly in insulated glass. I it, mean, it, it has its place. It, it does, does add 
a thermal barrier and like a dead air space. Yes. Um, but in Caitlin's description of how this is built, there are multiple pieces that are glued together. And so that makes multiple points of failure. Right. So that seal between those two pieces of glass can fail. And typically, there is no such thing as a lifetime warranty. Even if you buy windows that say they have a lifetime warranty, like you buy a lifetime roof, it's like 25 years. So I don't know who's living only 25 years. But <laughs> I think it's probably how long they plan on most people owning that home. I guess that's what they mean by lifetime, mm-hmm. quote unquote. So those seals can fail and moisture can get in. And essentially at that point, you have two single pieces of glass and the insulating value of that unit is basically the same, the same as, as a single, single pane of glass or a single pane of glass with a storm window. Yep. So actually, this might be a good place to go to, back to our listener questions to talk about one of our listener questions, <laughs> um, which is interior versus exterior storm windows. So I know that we talked about storm windows in our last episode with energy efficiency. Yes. Um, And we we talked about how that exterior storm is a sacrificial lamb of a a traditional window unit. Mm -hmm. Um, You put that exterior storm outside to protect the the primary sash, like to save the glass, to save the glazing putty. So it'll last longer. Right. Um, And that exterior storm is meant to be removed and replaced seasonally, probably with uh, not a shade. That's not the thing. Screen. screen. A screen. A screen to keep the bugs out. It can be. I mean, it. you can just leave them in place too. Yeah. Like if you don't open your windows, then you don't need to move your That's storms. Fine. But the the point of removing, like it's not attached. Right. It's meant to be removable so that it's easier to repair. Right. You know, whenever so you it can get down. to your window and do work on it or yeah. clean your windows. <gasps> I have storm windows that are attached with screws and every time I want to clean my windows, I have to take everything apart and it's a real pain in the butt, which is why removable storms are nice. So that is the advantage and disadvantage of exterior storms. Depending on how they are attached, they can make your windows difficult to work on or clean. But its purpose is protection. Right. Its purpose is to protect the primary sash of, you know, the materials that are more delicate. So you're protecting that paint. You're protecting that glazing. You're helping to keep water off of it in the first place. Keeping water off the window in the first place, all that stuff. Okay. And an interior storm window serves a different purpose. It's really just for thermal. Yeah. So it keeps those drafts that happen out essentially and they are more accessible in situations where you have like two or three stories where you can't easily access the exterior storm you know if you you just you can't get to it it's hard to get those storms in and on and off those tall windows interior storms are good for those so it's really there isn't a this situation is best for this or that i mean you kind of have to evaluate and then you can get real extra and do both yeah (laughs) so it it depends on it depends. It depends <laughs> on what your mission is and what you're trying to accomplish. If you're if you're looking for that protection or your your windows are maybe in bad shape and you want to get a few more years because you're not ready to fully restore your windows, creating an exterior storm window can be cheap and can be pretty quick. You can throw that up and get more life out of that window before mm-hmm. you mess with it. Or if you have just freshly restored all your windows and you want that to last longer, yes. put an exterior storm window. Get or, that I mean, on. exterior storm is part of why I'm trying to rush to build one right now is so that I can work on the sashes and still have light coming into my house. Yeah. That is super important, actually. Yeah, they, having so you can remove the into you know the primary sashes and work on them, and then have that 
sash still in place. Yeah, you, you're still keeping weather out. You are still getting light and yeah. doesn't feel like you're living in a cave. You haven't boarded up your window. <laughs> and so you're the window to work on your windows. The, t- the time period of the year in which it is appropriate to work on your window becomes essentially year round. Yes. Otherwise, you're waiting for those like beautiful days when it's okay to have a giant hole in your house to remove your sashes and actually do work. On right, them. right. Um, and then that interior sash is is storm. that perfect interior storm uh, <laughs> is for that energy efficiency and for that comfort. I have seen interior storms built out of glass, and I have also seen them built with just plexiglass, yeah. so they can be pretty cheaply thrown together. And if I have think of them for more of for those like super cold days or like super cold climates, um, you know, you have a room that's just always super chilly, and you just need to add something. You can't. It's not necessarily practical to open the wall and put in more insulation or anything right. like that. So you can put that uh, interior storm in there and get a lot more energy efficiency. Yeah. If and- you have an old window that you just can't seal those drafts on or something very easily it works for those. And we we keep talking about old windows, thinking of like old wooden windows. Mm-hmm. I have seen interior storms made for like 50s, 60s aluminum windows, which are a little oh. past their prime. Well, and those are not thermally broken, right? right? In a situation where the window doesn't need protection on the exterior. Because it's solid metal. Because it's a metal window, but you want to stop the cold air that is blasting inside transferring your Transferring through that window from yeah. blasting in. Then that would be where an ex- interior storm is really yeah. useful. So, I mean, they, they have their uses in life. And then conditions. you can, like Caitlin said, be Do extra and have <laughs> your interior storm window, your primary sash, and your exterior storm. And you are creating like a really well-sealed, intense thermal barrier yeah. for your home. Yeah. Which addresses another say, one. That's another listener question. Of our listener questions. Yeah. Which was, uh, who did that come from? Oh, gosh. Let's give them a shout and I've lost the list. Brandy. So Emma asked, Emma and Vince asked about the interior versus exterior storms. And Brandy asked, are single pane re- windows really as efficient as double pane modern windows? Are restored single pane windows. Well, she didn't say, oh, she did say restored. I'm sorry. I missed it. <laughs> and the answer is maybe, basically. It, de- <laughs> it depends on what you're comparing, right? So if you're comparing a triple glaze, tilt turn, European casement style window to a restored um, double, double hung. hung single pane with a storm on the outside, you're probably not going to be like the the one with the triple glazing is probably going to be more efficient with a better seal. And it also depends on your metric of weather efficiency, right? So you're never the insulation value of glass they've not tested. I have not found any testing on a single glazed window with a storm window insulation value. Okay. I have gotten to the point where I may actually buy a thing that I can do that with. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This rabbit hole got deep. There is a gadget that exists, so I may come up with a number at some point on what that actually is. I cannot find that data. Um, But they have tested a restored window with a storm window to a normal double hung insulated glass unit modern window. And they are the same efficiency as far as air leakage. Okay. But they did not test insulation value. Yeah. I, there's a, a statistic. I think it's from the National Park Service.
Service, who in the US does all of the historic preservation guidelines and standards. And it's like a fully restored double hung window with a storm they consider as like 90% as efficient as a new modern double glazed window. Yeah, which again, new modern double glazed window has a lot of variation in it, right? So there's like really good ones and then there's really crappy ones. (laughs) Yes. And the, the sticking point for me, I made a storm window. I made a wooden storm window with glass glazing for like 20 or 30 bucks. Yeah. Including all the hardware, the insulation, all the things. 20 or 30 bucks, had it in place. And now that window, even if it's, 70% 70% as efficient as a new window. It's a hell of a lot cheaper than it's buying a, a whole cheaper. new window. It is a lot cheaper and it's better for your house for longevity wise because replacement windows and we'll get to how windows are installed and why they're new windows versus old windows and why you want to just leave your old windows where they are. Um, You're not introducing water into your wall essentially. Yeah. Um, it's just they're better. It's better to leave your windows and just put a storm window on them. <laughs> Even if it is, as Jake said, only 70% more efficient than like the most efficient window you can buy cost effective wise you're never going to make that money back yeah essentially on replacement windows so actually this might be a good point to talk about how windows are installed yes. um we we keep like Dance reflecting around it <laughs> we keep reflecting back to things we talked about at the top of the show um <laughs> so you mentioned that historic wood windows were essentially built in as part of the house right. um, and like if you didn't know that ahead of time you kind of got an inclination from like the way the weight pockets work because those cavities are integral parts of your walls and like the the stud and the framework are all built around that to make sure that that system works and to the point that it is somewhat of a danger to remove some historic windows because the framework for those windows are structural to your house. Right. Well, it's not really necessarily structural. Okay, so let's talk about, if I can talk through this, how a historic window is built into the wall versus how a new window is built in the wall. Okay, so we'll go from exterior to interior. On an old house, the exterior of the window, essentially the casing, which also makes up your blind stop, is part of the water shedding technique, right? So the casing typically sits if you have sheathing casing i think of as window trim on like the, the window trim on the outside right okay. some old houses have sheathing some don't so you have your stud wall right which is just the sticks and then on the outside you have a layer of sheathing technical term the sticks <laughs> the sticks <laughs> the sticks in the wall um you have the sheathing which is the solid board it's either in an old house typically it's like big wide boards that like are diagonal essentially yeah. um or sometimes it's tongue and groove usually it's just diagonal boards that are jammed together. So they're usually three quarters of an inch thick. Sometimes they're half an inch thick. On a modern house, the sheathing is typically made of something like OSB or zip system, which is just OSB with a coating. And then on, so that is attached to the studs on the exterior. And then on the exterior of that, you have your building paper or building wrap or waterproof barrier, barrier essentially. So in an old house, it was probably tar paper. Um, in a newer house, it can be things like Tyvek or it can be zip system, which actually has the coating on the board. You can have fully liquid applied membranes which are basically like red guard that they roll on the wall and then in an old house the casing attaches to the sheathing so the casing that is on the outside of the window the blind stop covers the jam so it covers that jam edge and sticks out beyond it enough to stop your windows from your sashes from falling outside right so that's Mm -hmm. the blind stop and the casing is one thing um in a new window there's something called a nailing flange so the whole window comes out as a big unit right so there's the jam 
One big rectangle. And there's no casing. There's a little piece of plastic, usually it's not metal, that sticks out from the side of the window, basically flush with the, with the outside face of the jam. And that attaches to the sheathing. Mm-hmm. And then that gets taped and flashed, you know, basically sealed to the exterior. So that is how the water keeps from getting in on yeah. a new window. You cannot install that type of system in an old house, right? Because you can't put that nailing flange on the outside of your casing because that would be ugly. So you have to take the casing off and then insert this system in and then kind of jigsaw these pieces back into place that were never designed to go that way. But typically a replacement window, what they're doing, they're not doing that. They're leaving the casing. They're taking it's out even this... worse than I thought? Yeah, it's even worse than I thought. On a replacement window, they take they leave the casing and they leave the jam. So they leave the frame of the window. They take the sashes out and they like cut down any stops or anything and basically make that flat and then they just slide in a unit that doesn't have a nailing flange to the jam opening so you get a smaller so you basically have double jams at this point because yeah. there's a jam for the replacement window and then there's the original jam so your window openings get a little bit smaller and they just caulk it so you were 100 depending on that caulk joint between that oh and if they don't get it to fit perfect which really hard to do in an old house because chances are that window Nothing jam square. is not square and the thing they're trying to put in there is square so you have big caulk joints and like that is where you're potentially introducing water into your wall because it can get through that caulk joint. And again, it's a situation where you can't see it happening. You can't see that seal failing easily. Yeah. Also, it's not particularly efficient because it leaks around the outside of those, right? So like you've got this unit that's supposedly insulated that you just slid into this existing jam opening. Yeah. Usually from the inside. I don't think they do it from the outside, oh. um, but they can. <laughs> It's just cocked in. So you're depending 100% on cock. If they don't cock it well, it's, you know, it's just, it's bad. It's not great. Okay. It's not great. So that is why I don't like replacement windows. No matter the quality of the window, it's the way that it gets installed in a historic jam. Now, they can go the extra step of peeling it back, but then you're like, you're pulling off siding at that point because you're yeah. going to have to retrim your window. Like, you're making this whole thing a production. It gets really, really expensive and you still don't get a really particularly good seal because of just the way it's constructed in the end but huh. yeah okay it works for new construction situations that's typically how windows are installed now and then you end up essentially casing around the because the window actually sticks out beyond the sheathings mm-hmm. so that you have space to butt casing or siding up to the window frame of a modern window okay but sticks out behind beside the nailing flange okay We love windows so much that we talked about them for two hours, and so you guys don't miss any of it. We split this episode into two parts, so tune in next time for part two of Windows on The Keeping Room. The Keeping Room is a production of Bungalow Roots Architecture. I'm Caitlin. You can find me at Bungalow Roots on Instagram, where I'm most active, or on my website at bungalowroots.com. And I'm Jake Landry. Follow along with me at Jake C. Landry on Instagram. If you've got questions or comments about the podcast, Caitlin and I would love to hear from you at our email address, thekeepingroompod at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. Until next time.